Today's episode of the Watson Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Commerce Tools. The world of commerce is fast-paced and constantly changing. Commerce Tools, the global leader in commerce and creator of the powerfully composable mock architecture, enables commerce leaders to turn possibilities into reality. Commerce Tools helps businesses go from underperforming to overachieving, and from keeping up to setting the pace, all at a lower total cost. Go to commercetools.com to learn how to get started. It's October 23rd, 2023. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, my comments on TikTok, Shopify, and Amazon. VF Corp gets a new activist investor. Flexport CEO says it's not going public. What should brands do about TikTok shop? And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, TikTok, Amazon, and Shopify, the interplay that will define the next five years. The forces that shape e-commerce are ever-changing and are often based on the actions of the major platforms in the market. I thought I might spend some time today reviewing TikTok, Amazon, and Shopify and how their efforts affect each other. TikTok is looking to train the next generation of consumer e-commerce creators and influencers on the platform, and it's not making the same mistakes as the other players in the past. Let's talk about TikTok and Shopify first. If you play out the trends over the next five years, Shopify could need TikTok more than the other way around. For a few reasons. TikTok already has the consumer's attention. Shopify is still in experimentation mode with Shop App and Shop Cash. And make no mistake, this is what Shopify is trying to recreate with these efforts. TikTok is creating its own app and fulfillment ecosystem independent of Shopify, and it's not content to rely on other parties. TikTok seems to understand that its influencers are the key to the whole game and has built its own on-platform affiliate program to feed its flywheel. TikTok is not repeating those same mistakes as Meta and is doing things that they didn't as well, and it's instead applying the Yin Chinese playbook to create events and discount incentives. How about Amazon and Shopify? To expand Prime off Amazon, I've said many times that Amazon needs Shopify a great deal. On the Amazon platform itself, Amazon is under pressure from Walmart at the low end of the market and kind of prime saturation or fatigue at the high end of the market and potentially like product quality issues across the board. I mean, to be clear, these are all kind of high class problems for Amazon who is not going anywhere. The primary reasons for these issues I feel at Amazon are over-reliance of Amazon on third-party sellers, relative lack of listing and product quality enforcement, and relative rise of fulfillment capabilities in the broader market vis-a-vis Amazon. To be clear, I think Amazon's primary problem is product and price-related, not fulfillment-related. That, to me, points to more first-party sales going forward. In Amazon's favor, however, are AWS and advertising. These are high-margin businesses for Amazon that Shopify just has no equivalent of. Most of Shopify's recent monetization efforts, including payments, capital, and the ill-fated logistics business, were always lower margin. 
I would expect Shopify to both increase its Shopify Plus pricing in 2024, as well as to monetize its advertising offering outside of Shopify Plus. Let's discuss Amazon and TikTok for a moment. To continue to attract the next generation of consumer, it's possible Amazon could need TikTok more than the other way around also. Indeed, even Amazon has published in the past about the success of its TikTok influencers. But I feel those gates may be closing on TikTok. To expand Amazon to the next generation, it needs to understand how to get in front of them better. And like Google's own social efforts, Amazon has not progressed beyond its Amazon affiliate program and into the video realm in a serious way. TikTok itself is looking to capitalize on its next generation discovery and consideration advantage by closing off its purchases off-platform. This means that Amazon desperately needs its own scaled video property in order to compete for the next generation of consumer attention. The trends are working against it rather than for it. If you review all these players, you might be surprised to learn that TikTok actually has the most momentum in the market if it plays its cards right. Between Shopify and Amazon, both have something that the other wants. Shopify has a great relationship with merchants, and Amazon has a great advertising and fulfillment business. Our second story. VF Corp gets a new activist investor. VF Corp, the parent company of brands like North Face and Vans, has seen a new activist investor, one with a totally non-ironic name, Engaged Capital. Engaged Capital released a 26-page presentation. And here are a few highlights of the Engaged Capital presentation as I went through it. First, there is a searing indictment of the previous CEO, Steve Rendell, and the succession process used to select him. Second, the company pursued an ill-advised and overpriced acquisition of Supreme. The investors want the company to commit to no new acquisitions. Read my lips. Until the company's debt is paid down. Third, Engage Capital says there is about $300 million in cost reductions available and referred to the previous CEO's organization as a Death Star. The investors plan to reinvest about a third of that into the business to accelerate innovation and restore brand autonomy. Fourth, the company should replace virtually the entire existing board with a slate of new members. My take? One word, ouch! First, it's never a good look to have your corporate structure compared to planet-killing Death Star, which destroyed millions of Alderaan citizens. Second, this is somewhat of an indictment of the holding company brand model. VF Corp tried to make itself look like a holding company and similar to Ann Taylor with Asina, the sum of the parts seemed to be less than actually the parts themselves. VF Corp stock is up sharply on the news, which is almost never a good sign for the company because it indicates the market also believes that serious changes need to be made at the firm. And I think everyone would agree with that. I can't say I'm surprised, and I for one would vote for any plan which puts the brand and their customers first rather than surrendering to a corporate parent. Our third story. Flexport not going public soon. You think? Flexport, last week, the CEO was interviewed by Wall Street Journal, who set out a few ambitious milestones for the company. First, profitability by the end of 2024 or early 2025, but with no specific details. No plans to sell Flexport ever. And it eventually wants to be a Wall Street darling and throw off a lot of cash. 
Well, first of all, early 2025, that kind of prediction might as well be the first half of never in this economy where profitability is at a premium. Second, where does this leave the Flexport fulfillment business acquired from Deliver? Reliable fulfillment takes infrastructure and investment. An investment requires either growth and a healthy cap table so that you can have actually dry powder to get more capital or the ability to throw off profit and in a big way, neither of which Flexport has. It seems to me that the likelihood of Flexport returning to profitable growth and then entering the public markets is extremely low. Here's why. Part of it is about margins. If you have a logistics business, you have logistics margins. If you have primarily a software business, you have software margins. And if you have a lending business, you have margins based on prevailing interest rates. From Flexport's public pronouncements, it seems that the company's future is as a lender, which means to me that there is no place inside a restructuring Flexport to incubate and revitalize a flagging fulfillment business. Also, can we say the quiet part out loud for a moment? Shopify did not sell Deliver because its services were growing and successful. Full stop. If the Deliver part of Flexport is ever going to succeed, which didn't Flexport CEO just say it was the future of the company? It actually needs a founder's ability to edit or it needs to be sold off or both. Either way, there is just about zero case for a failing Shopify cast-off fulfillment business succeeding outside of a shrinking Flexport anytime soon with or without Shopify's endorsement. The sooner Flexport comes to terms with this, the faster it can improve or restructure. For Shopify's part, despite Shopify CEO's endorsement of the Flexport CEO, it may be time to cut the cord on the partnership and move to a more marketplace-based approach. Let me write the headline for Shopify for a moment. Hey guys, we tried to pick one platform that worked for all of our merchants for fulfillment. That didn't work out. Instead. What we're doing now is building a next-generation supply chain app store on Shopify, and we want the best providers in the world to sign up. Such a Shopify supply chain app store would be an industry first, defensible, and attractive to Shopify's partners. And our last story. TikTok shop may not work, but you should still be there anyway. The fact that many consumers are getting the same slate of strange viral TikTok products is actually good news for brands, especially those willing to experiment. Why is that, you might ask? Well, no one would really deny these two things. TikTok's personalization and matching algorithm is great and scary all at the same time. And second, the fact that so many consumers are getting the same viral products in their feed is a symptom of undersupply due to a new program with inexperienced brands. Add this up, and I believe that TikTok Shop could be the most underinvested e-commerce test and learn opportunity to come along in the next three years. Number two could end up being Shein Marketplace if they play their cards right. Both of them have great risks, but also huge potential and upside. This is the perfect kind of investment for a challenger brand. It's likely most of the TikTok e-commerce transaction volume will come from influencers and not brand stores themselves. This is still not widely understood in the market and many brands will not take TikTok's silly micro-creators seriously. And that would be a huge mistake. Here's some specific advice for merchants to keep in mind. Most mainstream brands would actually not be well-served to create their own videos. 
The corporate environment often does not lend itself to the kind of creativity and whimsy needed for the medium. TikTok is clearly boosting videos that contain products right now and has announced it will be subsidizing deals on an ongoing basis. This means these videos will have outsized algorithmic importance while TikTok tries to build a program. What's the downside? If the whole thing fails in a couple of years, the only thing you have done is actually gained your product more exposure and learned a little bit more about what entertains and informs the next generation of consumers. In a channel with increasing relevance and influence, but few sales, the brands that invest and learn will be the winners. Going where your established competition is not is often a winning strategy, even if it doesn't always work out, which is, of course, that existential risk that exists. Even if the whole thing is shuttered in a few years, which it's not likely that will happen from my point of view, even with government intervention, then the brand equity on a growing channel could actually be valuable. And that alone could make it worth your while. Hey, Watsonians. Did you know that the FTC and states have filed a lawsuit against Amazon? If you were in our online community, you would. To stay on top of what's going on in e-commerce and join the conversation, visit community.rmwcommerce.com today. Now a word from our sponsor, Commerce Tools. When a multi-billion dollar beauty brand's e-commerce platform neared the end of its life, the entire business was at risk, including the ability to serve customers. By switching to Commerce Tools and embracing a more flexible mock architecture, the retailer's vision for connecting in-store and personalized shopping experiences became a reality. The brand can now roll out new features within days, securing its position as a modern brand that uses technology to its advantage. If you're being held hostage by your technology platform and your developers have thrown up their hands, tell them to start a free trial at commercetools.com today. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, consumer brand accelerator Super Ordinary raises $58 million Series B. Super Ordinary raised $58 million in Series B funding valued at over $800 million. And it's going to use the money to invest in global live streaming capabilities, Amazon account management, brand protection services, and creator monetization. Second, Apex Funds acquires Bazooka Candy Brands. Apex Funds has acquired Bazooka Candy Brands from Tornante and Madison Dearborn Partners for an undisclosed amount. The company will focus on distribution growth, product innovation, geographic expansion, and the strategic acquisition of brands in complementary categories. I'm actually kind of glad that the amount to acquire Bazooka is undisclosed. If Apex Funds pays a lot for Bazooka Bubblegum, it would actually make me a little upset because this was always the most difficult gum to chew. Third, peer-to-peer fashion rental marketplace Pickle raises $8 million in seed funding. Pickle, a peer-to-peer fashion rental marketplace, has raised $8 million in seed funding. The new funding will be used to expand into new categories, new U.S. markets, and retail. Think of Pickle as Rent the Runway, but without the subscription, which... It seems like we have not proven profitability in any of these models yet. Fourth, Showfields files for bankruptcy. Do you remember Showfields, the immersive retail location for direct-to-consumer brands? They have just filed for bankruptcy protection. This is just another reminder that retail is hard, folks. And finally, 
Blue Yonder to acquire first and last mile logistics provider Doddle. Blue Yonder plans to acquire UK-based return specialist Doddle for an undisclosed sum, providing its customers with an end-to-end supply chain solution with returns visibility. Today's final word for the week will be shutdown. I actually just learned that TJ Maxx is shutting down its e-commerce site on the platform. I really think this is like an incredibly terrible decision, despite the fact that they seem to be looking to get off its Oracle ATG platform. Instead, what they should do is reimagine their digital experiences and build something that works with their innovative off-price model. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Jose Baez, production manager, Gabriela Montequin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.